Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast with Scott Farrow and Cade Barrett. How you doing today, Cade? I'm doing good. How are you, Scott? Dude, I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. You and I were uh, sitting down talking about a couple different investment strategies that we wanted to share with some people. Yeah. Um, you want to kind of explain what we want to talk about today? Yeah. So there's obviously when we break down real estate investing, you can do, you know, like shorter term real estate investing or long term real estate investing. And within, you know, those two branches, there's a whole, you know, plethora of things and different ways that you can earn money. So we kind of just wanted to start with that and kind of just delve in to those topics right there mm-hmm. and just explain it to our listeners. Yeah. So the reason why this conversation came up is Kate and I are both looking at our business in the long term and we recognize that there's opportunity for us to diversify what we're doing. And so Kate and I, for the last two years, have been working on what I would call um, transactional investing. So... Um, what that means is that over the last few years, Kate and I have worked on fix and flip properties, wholesaling properties, uh, and resale properties. And a transactional investment is typically an investment where I provide a service that leads to a big payoff once. Right, Kate? Yeah. And, you know, usually these sort of transactional, you know, investments like a flip, like a wholesale, you know, can take probably, you know, six months, but four and six months, uh, wholesaling obviously can Mm -hmm. be a little bit quicker. So obviously a little bit more shorter term, but like you were saying, definitely transactional as opposed to, you know, longer term stuff. Yeah. One of the great things about these, um, I think you and I can both agree is that when you have a transactional uh, investment, it's short term, a quick, quick return and quick gain. Absolutely. Um, and it feels like a lot of money a lot of the times. Uh, a wholesale is typically between eight to 15,000, depending on the deal. Um, obviously our flips are a little bit more. They're yeah. typically, what would you say, 20 to anywhere up, maybe even 30 grand. Yeah, 20 to 30. If it's really good, we've seen, you know, can be even 40, but probably 20 to 30, I'd say on a more consistent basis. Right, and so we have that and then, um, resale, you know, selling somebody else's property. It's less about investing. That's more just understanding real estate altogether. And that can take 30 to 60 days, even mm-hmm. up to 90 days. And, um, you know, the average commission checks probably between, you know, four and 10,000. Yeah. So, you know, what we're seeing is there's a line with the amount of time you invest into a property, the length of ownership, the length of time and the income. So it's proportional, right? Uh, And that leads us to think that maybe the longer you hold a property, maybe there's an opportunity to make more money than 30,000 off of a deal. Yep. Yeah. And so, okay, how much, I mean, we spend a lot of time even just locating properties and what we call deals. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when when you find a deal, what's typically like the first thing that goes through your head? What, what are you running the numbers for? Typically we want to run the numbers. I mean, the first thing when I'm running numbers is for a flip, especially if we come across something that's distressed and usually that the list that we're working through and getting leads from are mm-hmm. from sellers who most likely have a property that's in distressed condition. Mm-hmm. So the first numbers that I'm running are, you know, ARV flip numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously What's ARV? ARV is after repair value. So if the home was fixed up completely, completely mm-hmm. clean inside, 
um, you know, presentable to be put on the market mm -hmm. and listed and sold to a new home buyer, mm -hmm. that value, whatever that home could sell for, that's the after repair value. Okay. So, and obviously from those numbers right there, you can always tweak the numbers to either be, you know, a wholesale or stuff like that. But right. to your question, the first numbers that I'm running, at least, I don't know if it's different for you, would be flip numbers. That's what I've been doing. And so over the last couple months, I did start, I've started to change my business into looking at long-term properties. Mm -hmm. And so the there's, there's pros and cons to both. So yeah. let's go over the short term first, because that's where most people, in my opinion, I see most people start. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say is your favorite part of a short term? I mean, obviously biggest pro is you get paid faster. Yeah. And in a, with a, you get a bigger paycheck faster. Yeah. And well, I think that's what the most, that. yeah. Because you do get a bigger paycheck. You get one big paycheck. Yes. But you only get one paycheck. That's right. And so it's the rat race, right? Mm-hmm. I think people get into real estate investing with the goal to get out of the rat race. Yes. The rat race is the concept that you are on the hamster wheel of running and trying to get that cheese and yeah. continually trying to just get that next paycheck. And yeah. our goal is to teach people how to get out of that and ultimately teach ourselves how to not be part of that. Yeah. So one of the concepts you and I have talked about is the cons mm -hmm. of transactional investing. Yeah. I personally think the biggest con with transactional investing is that you're only as good as your last deal. Yeah. And you just said it right there too. It's one paycheck. You do all the work, you make 30,000 and that's great. Yeah. But now you don't have another paycheck in sight. You don't have another paycheck unless you find another deal. Right. And for people that are sitting there and thinking, well, what if I'm doing 10 or 15 projects at a time? That is a great way of doing it, and that's what yeah. our team is doing right now, and it works. But if you want to retire before you are 65 and you're a young person, mm -hmm. you're going to need to find other streams of income. Yep. So we want to talk about long-term investing, buy and hold investing. Um, okay, what are your thoughts overall on buy and hold? Um, you know the cash flow versus making a quick transaction. How does it make you feel overall? Yeah, so obviously the way that I'm thinking and I know you're thinking too, we are thinking long-term, right? Like what's what's our end game? And long-term investing, buy and hold, rental properties are a fantastic way to get that income coming in every single month. Not just one paycheck, but multiple, multiple paychecks coming in. So I think, like I was saying, it's just a great way to get on that path to financial freedom and to be able to not worry, you know? Yeah. And so one of my big hesitancies uh, or hesitations mm -hmm. for buy and hold investing is the concept of putting money in and delayed gratification. Yeah. Um, I know delayed gratification pays back, <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot of people don't have money to put in. And so, you know, there are ways to go and, and get a rental without keeping large sums of money in the rental. Yeah. Um, that's going to be some stuff in our upcoming podcast that we have planned. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the great things about the rental portfolio, in my opinion, is the concept that 
you are making the same amount of money when you're sleeping as when you're awake. Absolutely. And so I like that concept because now you don't have to be working if you've built up a rental portfolio that compensates you enough for your lifestyle. Yeah. And you don't need to have a lot. So I think that's an important concept for people our age because I don't think they understand the concept of financial freedom. Yeah. And it what popped up in my mind when you were talking is I think it kind of relates to, you know, when someone wins the lottery, right? They can either take the lump sum up front mm-hmm. or they can take, you know, spread out payments every, you know, whatever it is, every year or stuff like that spread over the next 20 years. And right. it kind that comparison to me and most people, if you see, take the lump sum, take the lump sum and it's less money. Right. Yep. But I think you made some great points. It, I mean, it's a great way to make money while you sleep. And if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, I mean, you will, you, work yourself you will be working. Yeah, you'll be working for the rest of your life. So, yeah. So let's share kind of what we're looking at when, when we talk to people about what we want to do. You and I are both working towards financial freedom and we're working towards buy and hold properties. Yeah. Um, one of the concepts is out of area investing um, another might be the burst strategy and things like that. Um, these are all concepts we're going to want to talk about on the podcast, but yeah. I think it's important to just briefly notate them. Um, if you're sitting listening to this and you think to yourself, you don't have the income to buy a rental property, um, I would strongly suggest that you reconsider that statement. Uh, there's a ton of different educational podcasts like the, the Bigger Pockets podcast, yeah. which have you know years of documenting how to do it Mm -hmm. but we're more than happy to show you uh there's ways to get into rentals with very little if not no money into it yep and so we're going to want to talk about that but today we're really just talking about the pros and cons of transactional versus long-term investing yeah and just bringing you know the knowledge to you guys who are listening because a lot of people you know don't even know the difference or you know didn't Mm -hmm. even know there was two different types of real Mm -hmm. estate investing so yeah so another thing is, I think a lot of people start with uh, transactional investing because they think it's the best way to make money. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that. Um, but let's talk about transactional investing and how that can help you get into rentals. And, yeah. So, um, I mean, you brought it up just a little while ago. So a lot of people may be worried that they don't have any money to get started Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe start building that rental portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, short-term transactional investing is a great way to, you know, build up some money mm-hmm. it because you're getting those big paychecks, um, you know, on a probably more consistent basis deal-wise, uh, mm-hmm. you know, comparatively. Right. And with those big chunks of money, as long as you know the right way on how to save and not blow all your money then that's a great way to build some savings in order to buy that first rental. Right. And that first rental is the hardest rental. That's exactly what we were talking about yesterday too. The once first you get that one first one yeah. is the hardest one. Um, you know what another benefit of transactional is, is transactional investing is a great way to get really good at finding and negotiating deals. Absolutely. Yeah. Because rentals, I mean, you're not, you don't need to do it as much. And mm-hmm. so um, 
if you start with transactional investing, so you're buying wholesales and flips and things like that, you get good at talking to a seller and solving problems and uh, ultimately, you know, having an exit strategy. And you get really good at that initial process. Yeah. And the only difference is the back end between these two different types of investing. Mm -hmm. Finding a deal, getting it locked up for the right price, and solving the seller's solutions and your and your or solving the seller's problems and your problems at the same time. That's like the whole first step of both sides. Yeah. And then all it is is on the back end, instead of going and selling it and making that thirty grand, you're going and you're putting a rental or you're putting a tenant in there. And you're making long-term decisions to hold that property. Yeah. And there is a little bit more work, in my opinion, on the transactional side. Now, mm -hmm. the rental side, you still need to get it fixed up. You need to get a renter in place, get a lease to, in place. Yeah. You need to find a property management company if that's what you want to do. Yeah. You need to have a good handyman on hand. You need to make sure that you're uh, safe. So either if that's in an LLC mm -hmm. or you have, you've talked to an attorney about the liability implications you have an insurance guy and then you have a refinance yeah but i think honestly there's more work on a transactional yeah and i think that's an important point to make too and something i want to bring to the attention of our listeners too is that you know one you know one of these is not necessarily better than the other every single property may not work for you know as a rental and it may right. be a lot better as just a transactional short-term investment. What if you found a $300,000 house that's worth 500 fixed up? Yeah. It's, it might be better for you to sell that property yeah. than hold it as a rental. Yeah, because that the cash flow from that property may never, you may never even get to that 200,000 the rest of your life. You know what right. I mean? So it's just learning how to pencil out your numbers while also you know, making the best choice with that deal that you come across, right? Yeah, and another part of it is understanding personal finance, which is understanding with each deal that you have, where are you right now in this moment and where do you want to be and what's the next step to get there? Yeah. And so looking at each property and not being emotionally tied to which exit strategy you take because yeah. I've bought properties thinking I was going to flip them and I wholesale them. And I've bought properties that I thought I was going to be able to keep as a rental and I sold them. Yeah. And so you look at these and you have to be able to decide based off of the market, based off of your risk analysis and your financial situation and be able to make a non-emotional decision that leads to what you believe is going to be the best outcome. Yeah. And the great thing is, is if you sell a property and it turns out that you should have kept it as a rental, there's another property waiting for you out there. Yeah. There's a, we are not limited on the number of properties that, that, well, theoretically, you know, there is enough for everybody out there. Wholeheartedly believe that there yeah. is an abundance of property and there is an abundance of opportunity for people who want to get into real estate investing. I'm interested. Yeah. I, I looked up a uh, percent of homeowners versus percent of renters in the uh -huh. U S okay. What percentage of the housing market do you believe is owner-occupied, U.S.-wide? Hmm. That's a good question. Take a stab. 65, 70%. 57.9% as of first quarter of 2020. Wow. That means that 30.7%, according to uh, census.gov, so the U.S. census, 30% mm -hmm. uh, of the homes are rented. 
renters. So, so 50... 60... So it, let's break it up yeah. into pretty much two-thirds are homeowners, one-third are rentals. Gotcha. There's plenty out there. Yeah. Um, that's It's a very interesting concept because a lot of people our age, and Kate and I are 21 and 22, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people our age look at making as much money as possible in the shortest time frame possible. Yeah. And it's a, it's a big mindset change to think about how can I make long-term wealth? Because if you start when you're 20, you could literally be retired by the time you're 30. If you were, yeah, if you put your head down, grind and work hard enough, it, it, that's not a very challenging, you know, goal. Right. right? Clarify though, like, let's talk, like what financial freedom is different for each person. Yeah. And that's the hard thing too. Financial freedom is not a specific number. Yeah. No, it's not. It's, it's the concept that your income is greater than your outgo and your income is coming from passive investments or or it's passive income, meaning not that you don't work on anything, Mm -hmm. but it means that you don't have to spend 40 hours a week on it. Yeah. Because a rental with a property manager still has some things to worry about. Yeah. You still have vacancies. You still have repairs. You still have lates. You have, you know, evictions. Mm -hmm. There's still work, but you could be working a lot less and you work on your time frame. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, not to go too deep into it, but that's the importance of, you know, building out a team, networking and delegating, right? Because, I mean, the end the end goal is you don't want you need people in place to be able to have you know that freedom to do to not be working that those right. 40 60 70 however right. long hour weeks right so yeah yeah i mean the other part too is people understand or or, or people can recognize the value of long-term getting paycheck yeah. after paycheck mm-hmm. but they think that you need a lot of houses to do it. And I don't think that's particularly true. Um, if I mean, you are good at limiting your expenses, not limiting your lifestyle, but limiting your expenses. So going through, we learned the concept of the red pen, green pen, yellow, yellow pen. pen. Um, and if you just go through and you start erasing those memberships that you aren't using and you go through... What did he say was the uh, average American's monthly recurring cost that they don't realize? Oh, it was like 290? Yeah, something like 280 to something, $89 or yeah, $290 I, I or something. I remember it being almost yeah. $300 a month. Mm-hmm. And I know I am part of that because <laughs> I get billed for stuff that I realized I didn't even realize I had a monthly subscription to. Like I just found out the other day I pay for Dropbox. Yeah. And that's a work expense, but I didn't know I was paying for it. Yeah. And so, you know... Financial freedom is doable if you can be smart with your money. Mm-hmm. And when I say smart, I would say the word almost even like frugal, meaning that you're just a good steward with your income. So if you have, you know, 10 rentals, you buy 10 houses over 10 years, that is so easy to do. Yeah. And you buy them and you pay them off, you know, and you pay them off quickly because you're probably able to work another job. You yeah. probably are flipping some houses mm-hmm. or maybe you have a, a real, like a day to, you know, a nine to five nine day to job. Five, yeah. If you have a nine to five day job, you can easily still buy 12, 15, 20 rentals in a year. Yeah. I mean, it's not that difficult. 
to, to buy a rental. It's finding it is the hardest part. Yeah. And so if you're doing that, think about how quickly they could relieve themselves from their, from their corporate America job. Yeah. Even if you like it, wouldn't you like the opportunity to be able to quit at any time? Being able to have the freedom of choice to be able to quit at right. any time. Would you rather be able to have the option where if you wanted to leave that job, you could, and your family would not be financially hurt? Yep. That's the concept we really wanted to talk about today. Yeah, 100%. And you brought it up again right there when you were talking. Uh, people, you, you've got to understand the numbers, right? You've got to understand how to pencil these numbers out. And if you guys have, I mean, Scott and I, you know, we're definitely not experts, but we've done our fair share of penciling out deals mm -hmm. and understanding the numbers. And we'd be more than happy to help anybody out who is just interested in learning more about it, right? Absolutely. That's, a, that's the first step. You're not going to be able to do anything unless you educate yourself. And what is a good deal? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right? So I know we'd be more than happy to help anybody out who is, you know, just even remotely interested in figuring out what a good deal is and Absolutely. What, what you should be incorporating when penciling out a deal. Yeah. The last concept I want to talk about um, before we hop off today is the concept of uh, diversification. Mm -hmm. Don't hear Caden and I saying you have to do one or the other. Yeah. If you find a deal and you're in a spot where you need the extra money or you want the extra money, yeah, that is a great time to flip or wholesale or do a short transaction. Yep. And if you're not in that spot and you find a deal, that's a great time to pick up a new rental. Absolutely. Yeah. We were talking a little about a little bit about it earlier. Not, you know, having the freedom of choice, right? Be and it all goes back to being able to pencil out the numbers, right? What makes the most sense, not only on paper, but like you said, what makes the most sense for you mm -hmm. in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. Like like you said, you may, you know, want just that short boost of income because you may what need it? it or want it. And right. That's completely fine, right? Right. So if you yeah. want to go on a big vacation, maybe that's a great time to do a short transaction and put some extra money in your pocket. Yeah. Just know that you're making the sacrifice by taking a smaller total amount up front than dragging it out over the life of the, the property. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. so much, guys, for listening. We're going to keep it short here. Kate uh, and I are really grateful that you guys have been listening and supporting. We've been really, really happy with the feedback we've been getting. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to post. Ask us. If you have any topics you want us to touch on or bring any people in on, let me know. We have a couple different guests lined up in the future. We're excited to be bringing on. Kate, anything else to add? I don't think so. You guys uh, may or may not have seen. We've all, we also got our first video up on our Pursuit of Property YouTube channel. We're going to be trying to incorporate you know, some videos that you know relate to the topics that we're speaking about on the podcast so if you guys want to check that out that's over on youtube so we'd appreciate that as well youtube is for pursuit of property as well yep all right guys have a great rest of your day thanks for so much for tuning in we'll talk to you soon